name. Say that today. There is none that's like him. You may wonder why we worship and we praise the Lord that we do because I can tell you that an encounter and an experience is a whole lot better than an explanation. The reason why we worship and we praise him is because we've been touched by the master's hand. And let me tell you something. When you've been touched by him, I promise you it's going to come forth. Amen. It's going to come forth and it's going to gladly come forth because you know what he's done in your heart. You know where you were. You know where you are now. And you know that your heart and your life is nothing short of a miracle. Amen. My God, that we have to come in here and be probed and prodded to give the Lord our praise and our worship. Has he not been good to you, church? And let me tell you, if you're waiting on a goosebump before you start giving him praise, you're waiting on the wrong thing, amen. He deserves all of your praise, whether you're down in the valley or you're on top of the mountain, amen. He sent forth his son 2,000 years ago so that you and I could be here today, amen. And I choose to praise him despite the circumstances, despite what may be going on in my life, I choose to to praise him i choose to bless his name i choose to worship him and that word choose is what is most important here because you got to choose to worship him you got to choose to bless his name you got to choose to push everything else out to the side and say i can care less who's around me and what's going on but i worship him so as they sing that song i hope and pray that you will give him your best today amen there's none like you today church there's none like you, amen. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just praise you this morning. Lord, I worship you, Father. Lord, you are my fathers. You see, to the world, you are God. But unto your children, you are Father. And Lord, I thank you this morning, God, that I can call you Father. Lord, I thank you this morning, God, that I've been adopted into the family of God. Lord, I was a wild branch, but Lord, you found me dead in sins and in trespasses. Lord, and you grafted me into the vine. Lord, I thank you this morning that, Lord, when I've been down, you've lifted me up, Lord. Truly, I can say today that there is none that is like you. When I've been down in the valley, Lord, when I've been down in the trenches, Lord, and no one else could pick me up, Lord, you came and picked me up, Father. And, Lord, I thank you today that you are an ever-present help in time of trouble, Lord. I thank you that I can run into the throne room of grace, Lord, and receive what it is that I need from you, Lord. And each and every single day, Lord, we need a touch from you. So Lord, today I pray Lord, extend a fresh touch unto your people today, Lord. God, no matter what may be going on, Lord, we know that, Father, you have already handled it at Calvary's cross 2,000 years ago, Lord. And Lord, we look to you today, Father, and we give you praise and we give you honor. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise today. Amen. Amen. Zach, if I could get you to come and take up the offering. We want to thank each and every one, and we don't ever want it to you to think that it's being taken for granted, but we appreciate your financial support. And that, Hold on, Zach. We, we appreciate your financial support uh, for what you've done here in this house. We thank you for those online that give and sow into this ministry. You will never know how much it means. You will never know how far it's went. But one day when you get into glory, you'll know it. Man, Heavenly Father, we ask that you would take this offering, take these tithes. Lord, I pray that you would bless it, multiply it, Lord, to further your work. Lord, bless those that give and bless those that do not have to give, Father. Lord, and we give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen.
so thankful to be in the house of the Lord. I pray you do as well. Amen. I have been excited for this week. You can turn me down just a minute. It's hard for me to listen to myself talk. I was telling Jan back there in the back today that uh, I've got a real bad southern draw, and I'm sure sometimes it's hard for people to understand me. Uh, when you get questioned by people here around this area of where you're from, then you know it's bad. And uh, <laughs> But I promise I am from Statesville, born and raised there. Amen. Amen. Turn into your Bibles with us to the book of Mark. The book of Mark chapter 5. Again, we want to just tell each and every one, uh, if you haven't made your way here, uh, come. You need to be a part, and, and it is so vital and so important. I just want to say this because I read a statistic the other day, just a couple of days ago. Stacey actually sent it to me. The latest poll that came out, and it is a poll that um, uh, questions, if you will, polls uh, those that are believers, those that are Christians, that even identify as Christians. And 50%, and I want you to hear this, it's a startling number, 50% of people that call themselves Christians have admitted that they have even ceased to even watch church online. Not only are they not able to go to the house of the Lord for different reasons, and we don't bash them, because it, let me tell you something, as a pastor, you step into this role, you will never make each and every single person happy. You've got some that agree with what you're doing, you've got some that won't agree with what you're doing, and everybody's got an opinion, amen? But still and yet, we know that services are being offered online, and a statistic came out that 50% of those that had usually attend the church and that we're watching online or not even watching online. But you want to know what the sad part of that is? Is that it's the upcoming generation such as Zach's age that does not even hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm talking about millennials. I'm talking about the Z generation. The generation that I believe will be here that ushers in the return of the Lord. And yet we've got fewer and fewer and fewer people of this generation hearing it. All because of the parents. And so I know that we like to pick on this generation. And we like to point fingers at them and say that they're no good and not worth anything. But we've got to take a hard long look at ourselves. Because we've not been doing what we need to do. Amen. But let me just sit here and say today that as long as there's breath in my body as for me and my house we're going to serve the Lord amen I've got a little one-year-old and by the grace of God as long as there's breath within my body he's going to hear about the name of Jesus amen I don't care who says what and it may be looked at as unpopular but I know in whom I have believed and I want him to know that he is fearfully and wonderfully made and that he is a promise from God Almighty to he and our mother and he's going to learn about Jesus Christ he's going to learn that he shed his blood on Calvary's cross 2,000 years ago he's going to learn and be taught that he's still the healer that he's still the baptizer and the Holy Spirit and that one day he is a soon coming king amen? amen and let me tell you we already do it you well he's too young he's one year old he don't understand no no my friend He's been hearing about Jesus even before he came out of the womb of his mama when she and I would lay hands on her belly and begin to pray for this child and we begin to sing to him and we gave back praise and honor to him. He ain't got no choice but to serve the Lord because as I've heard it say one time before, the devil's got to get through God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit and if he can get through all three, then he's got to face me and his mama because he's going to serve the Lord. Amen? Amen. You may not believe that, but I do. Amen. But I'm thankful to be here today. So, so thankful uh, for each and every one of you that are here in the house of the Lord. And just, again, I know that I've said it before, and I want to continue to echo it. And we'll always, because I feel like the times that we sometimes lose gratitude, and we forget just exactly 
the enrolls and how important people are to us. But I want you to know by the way of internet that Stacy and I do not do this on our own. And there's no way that we could come in here and do what we do. There's no way that you could watch online by the click of your button uh, just because of Stacy and I here. But it is because the Lord has provided and has surrounded us with people, not only in the media, but those all around. And just sometimes you have no idea, some of you, the encouragement that you have been to me. Because, again, this is a brand new season for me, and I've walked in it for five months. And let me tell you, it's been one of the most trying times. But here I am, still standing by the grace of God. And I'm so thankful because I know that not only and most importantly is it His grace, but it is also the prayers, and you know who you are, and I know who you are, that pray for me each and every single day for the Lord to give me strength and to help me. And so from the bottom of my heart, we say thank you to you. Amen? Amen. All right, Mark chapter 5, starting with verse 21. Going to be reading a few extra verses this morning. So bear with me, but it is very needful. Amen. So verse uh, 21, and the Bible says, And when Jesus was passed over again by ship unto the other side, much people gathered unto him. And he was near unto the sea. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, uh, he fell at his feet. And besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. I pray you, come and lay your hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. And Jesus went with him, and much people followed him and thronged him. Drop down to verse 35. And while he yet spoke, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain, which said, Your daughter is dead. Why troublest you the master any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. And he suffered no man to follow him, save Peter and James and John, the brother of James. And he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and seeing the tumult, and them who wept and wailed greatly. And when he was come in, he said unto them, Why do you make this ado and weep? The damsel is not dead, but sleeps. And they laughed him to scorn, but when he had put all of them out, he took the father and the mother of the damsel and them who were with him and entered in where the damsel was lying. And he took the damsel by the hand and said unto her, Talitha Kumi, which is being interpreted, damsel, I say unto you, arise. And straightway the damsel arose and walked, for she was of the age of twelve years. And they were astonished with a great astonishment. And he charged them straightly that no man should know it and commanded that they give her something to eat. Again, I know it's a little bit extra scripture, but it needed to be read so that you will understand the full context of what we're reading. And the Lord dealt strong with me at the beginning of the week, and it has built each and every single day, hour by hour, minute by minute this week, uh, with great anticipation of preaching this message. And I want to preach to you this morning simply the title, It's Not Over. It's Not Over. And I know without a shadow of a doubt that the enemy, not only does he come to me, but he comes to some of you as well, to all of us, and makes us think. I'm here today to declare unto you, it's not over. Amen? It's not over. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you today, again, in the name of your Son, Jesus. 
And Lord, I thank you for your presence that is within this house. Lord, I thank you for your spirit. Lord, there is truly none that is like you today, God. Lord, none can touch our heart the way you do. Lord, none can do the way that you do, Lord, to each of us, Father. And Lord, I'm so thankful again that we can cry unto you, Abba, Father. Lord, I'm asking today, Lord, for the anointing of the Holy Spirit to rest upon my heart and to rest upon my lips, Lord. And that, God, every word that you have deposited into my heart this week would come forth, Lord. But, God, that it would also go forth into the hearts of your people, God. Lord, Lord, I know and believe, God, that you've got a word for your people. Lord, the day you have sent me by here to encourage them, God. And Lord, I rest behind your cross today, Lord, asking that, Lord, I be stepped aside, that, Lord, you would be seen, that you would be heard today, God. Lord, the true teacher, the true preacher of your word. Lord, we would ask that you would do what only you can do. Lord, we take authority over every distraction, every hindrance, every wrong mindset, and every wrong thought, Lord. We command the enemy to go right now in the name of Jesus and Lord I pray that as the service proceeds on that faith would rise within your people God to believe you for what it is that they need and Lord we will be quick to give you praise for it all in Jesus name and everyone said and everyone said amen, amen and amen in this passage of scripture here Mark recounts to us two of the most incredible stories regarding the ministry of Jesus Christ. And we all know, we've heard them before preached many times. We've read them many times, if you're a study of your word, which I pray that you are. And in this particular day, we see two events that took place that transpired. One that had an issue of blood for 12 years, that the blood could not stop flowing, and then we are faced with a little girl that is 12 years old in which the blood has stopped flowing. But let me tell you, on this particular day, Jesus Christ was going to stop the flow of blood in one and start it up again in another one. Amen? And so in this particular story, see the, 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 the wonderfulness of the Lord, the, the mighty power of Jesus Christ as he is walking here on this earth in his earthly ministry. But before he came up to point we see that in the end of chapter 4 that the disciples were out there upon the water and of course Jesus was sleeping in the boat and there we know that the winds were contrary unto them a great storm had arisen and was over trying to overtake them and literally was trying to kill them and we know that the fear had set deep within their heart and they cried unto the Lord waking him up and letting him know hey do you not care about us we're getting ready to perish and here you are laying down here asleep and you all know the story that Jesus Christ gets up and he rebukes it because this storm was just not any average storm but it was a storm that was brought on by the enemy and there he looked upon them and said oh ye of little faith and I'm here to tell you today that as long as Jesus is in your boat you're going to make it amen I don't care what you may be going through and right now the church as a whole is in the midst of the greatest storm that he has been forewarning us that it was going to take place but if you've got Jesus Christ living on the inside you're going to make it amen I don't have to worry I don't have to fret and I don't have to fear I don't listen to the pugnants on TV I could care less what the media says they make it sound like the whole world is coming to an end but I know in whom I have believed and I know who's got the last word amen I know that he's still in charge he's still upon the throne and he still reigns amen man may think they're in charge and they may think they're calling on the shots and may think that they're in control but let me tell you he is still in control amen 
And so we see here that they had to come to the other side because there was a man here in the country of Gadareans who was demon-possessed. And you all know the story. This man was spoken to by Jesus. Christ who was asked him what is your name he spoke legion and this means many of devils and many scholars believe that this one man all by himself possessed six thousand demon spirits within him and we think we get upset because we suffer a little bit of persecution let me tell you demon spirits are real today amen there are still those that are possessed by demon spirits but but Jesus Christ is still greater amen and I believe that the day is coming where we're still going to see them set free by the power of almighty God amen but we know that this man was there waiting. And so because Jesus was going to get to them, Jesus was going to make sure that they got to where they were going. Amen? Jesus is not done with the church yet because he's, he's wanting to bring them through here because there's still a great work that he's depending on you and I as the church to do. Amen? And so we see him casting out these demons and we see that we know that he possesses the power and the book of Matthew chapter 28 still lets us know that all power belongs unto him. Amen? So again, they these people that we're in Gadarenes that seen this. They seen this man who had been set free, who was literally running around crazy out of his mind, naked and running around in the tombs. And they would try to chain him down, but nothing would hold him because he was so strong. But yet when Jesus Christ came by, every one of them had to leave. Amen. In fact, they found themselves begging him to let them go and to go into the swine. And Jesus charged them to go into the swine. And this man was set free. Amen. There there's still power in the name of Jesus. Amen. There's still power to set the drug addict free. There's still power to set the alcoholic free. There's still power to do whatever it is that we need him to do. Amen. But what's so sad about it, and one of the saddest verses, that these people in this country, seeing one of the greatest miracles, the greatest miracle that they had ever seen, asked for Jesus to leave out of the country. Because they were more worried and thought more of the swine than they thought of the lamb. They cared more about them pigs and their economics. And they were so crazy that they didn't even realize how they'd let Jesus come in and do. He would have blessed them far greater and abundantly than what they can do. And can I tell you today that the same exists within much of the church today. That you may go into every... Let me tell you something. Don't take for granted what you've got here. And I'm not saying it because it's me, because I'm nothing. But the power of the Holy Spirit rests within this house. Well, how do you know? Because he said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. And we here at this church preach Christ and him crucified. We here at this church, we preach the blood of Jesus Christ. We still believe that he saves. We still believe that he heals. We still believe that he fills despite many denominations that don't believe it exists today. But it still is real today. Amen. And that's why he's here. But there are many that do not welcome the presence of the Holy Spirit. There are many today that do not want what you experience and have today because they're more worried about their agenda. And in essence, they are doing exactly what this country was doing. Get out of here. We don't want you taking control because we've got to lose control. But my God, I want to lose control. I want him to come in here and to have his way. Amen. Because he can do more in five minutes than you could ever do in 50 years. Amen. So again, the condition of the world today desires the swine more than they want the lamb. And after the rejection of Jesus' presence in their country, Christ, we know, gets back on the ship. 
And there he heads back to Capernaum where there were scores of people gathered awaiting his arrival. You see, these people didn't have to be called. These people didn't have to be begged. These people didn't say, will you please come? No, 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 no. They were there waiting on him. And when I read that this week, I thought, my God, what would it be if Jesus then came and when he came, we were already here waiting on him? But the problem with the church today is Jesus has showed up and there ain't nobody there. I don't mean just physically. I mean with a prepared heart ready to receive from the Lord. Amen. And so what would happen if we would gather in his house? What would happen if we would live our lives each and every single day waiting on Jesus? Come and do what only you can do. Amen. See, I want to be as a church. I want the church to be just as these people were in this country. They're on the shoreline waiting for Jesus, waiting for him to talk, waiting on him to do what only he can do. Amen. So we find a man here that comes upon the scene. In the midst of a crowd, there were hundreds, thousands of people that were there on this shoreline as Jesus walked off of this boat. Every one of them hollering out his name, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. All of them had a need, just like each and every one of us in this house today have a need. I don't know about you, but I need him. I need a fresh touch from him. I need him every single day of my life. And he is still touching his people today. Amen. And here we see that Jairus, Jairus came to him and approached Jesus. And yet this is recorded into the canon of Scripture because something stood out about this man. And you got to understand that Jairus was a man of position. He was a man of prestige. And he was a man of power. He wasn't just so old, low something that nobody looked at. He was a man of prestige, of power, and a position. But at the end of the day, Jairus is just a man like you and just like me. One who needs Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter if you've got zero dollars in your bank account. And it doesn't matter if you've got a million dollars in your bank account. You need Jesus Christ just as much as the other one amen there's not one right now that doesn't need the lord it doesn't matter you may say well i've got it all together i've got a car i've got a fine home i've got all of this money sitting in my account i've got it going on but you need jesus christ amen because at the end of the day nothing else matters because when we leave this life we're leaving it all behind anyway amen so this man was a man of wealth, a man of status, but yet he finds himself and realizes that he is completely bankrupt, just like you and just like I am. Didn't matter what was sitting in his account. Didn't matter what he had in all of his possessions. He knew that he was morally bankrupt, just like I am, just like you are, and that's why we need Jesus Christ, amen? And so here we stand in desperate need of Jesus, and because of what he did 2,000 years ago to help, the help that is needed, the help that you need today can be given if we will just cry unto him, just as Jairus, amen? You see, he needed Jesus to do something for him, and where he found himself is where we receive what it is that we need from the Lord, and it's right there at his feet. The position of the church today needs to drastically change. And I'm not talking just about getting on our knees in the physical. I mean in our heart, because we stand up, we praise the Lord. I mentioned it this past week as we 
are discussing prayer and teaching on a series of prayer and I'm getting ready to go into the Lord's Prayer and I brought up the point that it was back in the Azusa Street Revival at the early 1900s that there was a message in tongue and interpretation that come forth over a hundred years ago. You may ask, is that still real? It's still real, amen. We believe in the moving and operating power of the Holy Spirit. And the interpretation that came forth said that there would come a day where men would praise me but no longer pray to me. And if we have ever been in that time and a fulfillment of that a prophecy it is right now because we got all of this going on we lift up our hands we go in we do church we pat ourselves on the back but yet we find ourselves living our life talking about believers never seeking the Lord and not positioned at his feet where we need to be amen when the posture of the church changes then we will see the hand of the Lord be able to move once again. J. Irish didn't walk up to Jesus and said, Hey, I need you to come do something. Let's go. Let's get it now. No, no, because I promise you he would have been rejected. But he found himself worshiping him. He found himself beseeching him because he knew he had no other hope but Jesus. And that's where we as the church need to get back to today, where we've got, we're not just saying it with words, but our lives. Lord, I've got nothing. I've got nothing if I don't have you. Amen? So Jairus came in and, and his posture of worship and his adoration of Jesus, he implored the Lord to come and to heal his daughter. I cannot imagine what Jairus must have felt. And the writer of Luke, Luke said that it was his only daughter. Can you imagine the pain? Can you imagine the heartache as Jairus come and he's on his way to Jesus. He didn't travel by car. But he was running to Jesus. I've got to get him because my only little girl that I have, daddy's little girl is dying. She's sick. There's nothing that a doctor can do for her. There's nothing that's going on. And I need you, Jesus, to come and to touch my daughter. Can you imagine how he must have felt? Me having a child, I could not imagine. And when I was reading this, I've read it a million times. But this week it hit me, the cry and the desperation of that Jairus must have had, that it was his only child. I could not imagine if my child was sick like that and literally dying, you'll cross heaven and earth to get him healed, to get her healed. Amen? And this is what Jairus felt. His deep pain, I've got to get to the one that can touch my daughter. I've got to get to the one because my only hope is for Jesus to touch her, amen? And we know that Jesus is always, because he never turns one away, acquiesced to the plea, to the heart's cry of Jairus. And he didn't have to look at him and say, I'll go. He didn't have to say, I promise I'll do it. No, his actions spoke louder than his words. And the Bible says that he got up and he went with him, amen? Some of you, some of you have been seeking the Lord for quite a while over some things in your life. And I know that Jesus has, the Lord has made some of you promises just as he did with Jairus through his actions. And joy has filled your heart. Can't you imagine how desperate, how hurt, how broken Jairus' heart was? And then when Jesus got up and started going with him, all of that anxiety, all of that pain, all of that worry flee. And what joy must have filled his heart. Jesus is coming. I ain't got to worry about nothing. My daughter's going to live. My daughter's going to be touched by him he's opened the blinded eyes he's opened the deaf ears he's done all of this stuff and he's going to touch my daughter and she's going to live 
What joy must have overcome. I bet there was a pep in his step as he was going back to his daughter. He came worried. He came crying. He came broken. But he was on his way back. His chest puffed up. Jesus is getting ready to do something for me. Amen. We have all been as Jairus was. We've all been just like Jairus was where we have received the promises of the Lord. We've been touched by God. He has told us that he was going to do it and the joy has filled our heart and we start journeying on this walk of faith and then sometimes things change. Things doesn't happen on the timetable at which we think that they ought to take place. But can I encourage you today that Numbers 23, 19 says, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said and shall he not do it? Some of you need to get a hold of this verse right here. Shall he not do it? You don't have one that's like a common man that's making you promises and they can't fully 100% come through but you've got the God of all earth the God of this universe the one who has always been always will be that has made you a promise and he's saying to you today he's saying to me today shall he not do it he's not he's not like any other man he won't lie to you what he's told you he will do he will do amen we receive the promises of God and we hold them in our heart all up until we see it not performed on the timetable that we think that they ought to be. And then we begin to question the Lord, are you going to do it? And don't look at me and tell me and act like you ain't never been there because you have. And if you tell me you have it, you're lying. Because I've been there. We question. We feel so good when Jesus says he's going to do it. And because it doesn't happen right there in the drive through society that we live in, we start to doubt and we start to let unbelief creep in and we start believing the lies of the enemy. And let me tell you, you need to get rid of the lies of the enemy and quit doubting what God has told you he's going to do. If he said he's going to do it, he's going to do it. Amen? You see, he told Satan, Back 6,000 years ago in the Garden of Eden when we know what took place when man fell from a total God-conscious state all the way down to the low, low-level self-conscious state and he looked at the serpent and he told him, you brought, used the woman to bring down humanity but I'm going to use the woman to usher back in to make right what you've done and it was 4,000 years but guess what? It took place, amen? And Jesus Christ, we know, was born in the fullness of time at the precise moment, at the right time Jesus Christ came into this world and he took back, he restored, he is the last Adam. And the reason why he's the last is because there'll never be another. There's no reason for another because he won back everything that the first Adam had lost. Amen. Some would say, well, Christ didn't say yes or no to Jairus. The Bible doesn't say that he used the word yes. Or he used the word no. But just simply went with him. But see, his actions spoke volumes and we know that by him going with him, it signified to him that he was going to do something. Jesus wasn't going to sit and pull pranks on him and make him think that while he was on his way and that, ooh, I'm not going to do it. By the fact of him going, it signaled to Jairus that he's going to touch my daughter, amen? 
So Jairus is on his way back to the house with the great physician right in behind him. And I know that he thought everything's going to be all right. And there for a moment, the stress and the anxiety left him. And then we see by the scriptures that people begin to reach out and people begin to throng him. People begin to touch him and hover all around him to where Jesus didn't have a freestanding path where he could walk just like you and I with no obstructions. But as Jesus was walking, his steps got slower because the crowds were all around him. People were reaching out and touching him. People were doing this and he couldn't get by. And all of a sudden, I'm sure J.I.R. thought, Stop! What are you doing? My daughter is about dead and you're slowing him down. Because we think, again, Jesus has got to move and no obstacles that can stand in his way. But when he went to Calvary's cross 2,000 years ago, he defeated every obstacle. He overcome every power of darkness and he laid to rest any doubt and any unbelief that we should ever have. Amen. So I can imagine Jairus is getting antsy. Jairus is getting worried and wanted the people to back off. And the Bible says that a woman with the issue of blood for 12 years reached out and touched the hem of his garment. And there's a beautiful story in that, that even when Jesus don't touch you, you can reach out and touch him. Amen? A lot of people says, I need Jesus to touch me. No, no, you need to reach out and touch the Lord. Because he can still be touched. Amen? And so we see that the woman came forth and and after Jesus asked, who touched me? And this woman comes forth and she begins to tell everything. And Jairus is no doubt standing in the background listening to what she was saying. And I know that it was wonderful. And I know that Jairus with the heart that he had was glad that what he did, and he was glad for this woman's sake that she had been touched by the Lord. But I can imagine that Jairus is standing there watching this exchange take place between this woman and between the Lord. He's done told the Lord, my daughter is dying. almost dead. Jesus goes with him. Joy fills his heart. And don't you know that as Jesus is standing there talking to this woman, his feet ain't moving. And that man, he ain't getting no closer to his daughter. And the anxiety must have filled Jairus's heart and his mind as he's standing there. And he's probably looking down at his timemates and thought, what's going on? She's on her way out of here. We need to go. But he loves the Lord too much to look at him and say, hurry up, Jesus. We gotta go. You know, if it would have been me and don't act like you're all spiritual, I'd be like, that's good one but we gotta go because we think again that he's on a timetable the one who there is no time amen and again we receive the promise that the Lord has given to us and now because there is a halt in the execution of which Jesus says that he is going to do what do we begin to do again that worry creeps back in that anxiety creeps back in we've come to the altars we went to the altar in our home we cast our cares upon the Lord Jesus makes us promise Jesus lifts up our head and then because it doesn't happen within a day or two we find ourselves right back in that same position all because we begin to believe the lies more of the enemy more than we do the promises of God. And this is where the word comes in, my friend, because the Bible says the just shall live by faith. That's where you've got to stand upon the word. When it seems like all oh, the hell is coming against you, and believe you me, the harder you pray and the more fervent you pray, the heavier hot is, the hell is getting. I seen something the other day. 
on Facebook where it was these two people interviewing a man and says, oh, so you rattle the cages of hell for a living, huh? Do you get that? Do you, ra you rattle the cages of hell, huh? That's what you do for a living? Okay, maybe you don't get it. The guy was a warrior for the Lord. He was a servant for the Lord. And hell can't stand him. And that's the way it is with the true church. The devil can't stand it when you come up on the scene. Not because you're all of that, but because of the Christ that is within you. Because when you come up on the scene, everything should start changing all around you. The atmosphere should change when you walk into a room. Amen? So again, Jairus possibly thought, why did he stop for her? Why did he not? Why did he have to get bombarded right now? My daughter is sick and dying and time is running out. And again, we think time is running out. We think time is running out as we even know it. And we begin to wonder, will this what we have been believing for ever going to take place? But again, God is in control. And just because he hasn't moved when you thought he should doesn't mean that he is not going to move. In fact, the Lord would teach a valuable lesson to him as well as to us that just because it looks like it's over does not mean that it is over because your perception does not matter the only perception that matters is the perception of the Lord Jesus Christ amen in man's eye in the natural view we think there's no hope for that lost loved one we see getting worse but can I tell you today keep praying keep believing keep asking keep seeking the Lord because you're one step closer to receiving what it is that you've been imploring the Lord you need to start acting like that woman who showed up to Jesus talked about at the man's door and every single time he turned around she was there at his doorstep knocking asking for what it is that she'd been believing for and she was getting on his nerves but then he finally turned around and said would you finally give her what it is that she wants or she'll leave me alone that's the way that I want to be each and every single day before the Lord Lord here I am again I'm crying out their name to you again I'm asking this for you again I know that I've asked 13,812 times but here comes number 13 here comes number 14 and I'm going to keep asking because you've got what I need and I'm not stopping till I receive it that's the way we've got to live our lives amen so when you see Jesus as embark on this journey with Jairus after imploring him to go with him you're seeing a picture of how one begins their walk with the Lord you see, the burden is lifted. You've just gotten saved. You've just said yes to Jesus Christ. The burden's been lifted, and you think everything's going to be all right. But on this journey of believing the Lord, you're going to have times of interruptions. Just as it was an interruption. See, it was an interruption to Jairus. But for this woman, it was a divine interruption. Amen? And we see these interruptions that take place because we think everything's going to be smooth sailing. And my friend, if that's the way that your life is, you better check yourself because the devil only messes with those whose heart is right with the Lord. Amen? And we see that these interruptions come, these hiccups come in our time, and things don't begin to transpire. But it's in these moments where your faith is being tested. See, what Jairus didn't know is right after the fact of him imploring the Lord that his faith was going to be tested. Are you going to continue to believe, or are you going to get upset just because something didn't go your way and tuck tail and run? Because let me tell you something, Jesus can work with any and everybody, but what he cannot work with is somebody who quits. 
He cannot deal with quitters. He can deal with failure. He can deal with your bondage. He can deal with sin. He can deal with the whole gamut of things. But one thing that he cannot deal with is those that quit on him. And you and I have a choice each and every single day to either continue on this journey with him or are we going to give up? And quit on the Lord just because things don't go our way. Let me tell you something. If that would be the case, I would be giving up just about every single day of my life. But I'm not giving up just because things don't go the way that I think they ought to. That's where faith is supposed to come in and say, despite what's going on, Lord, I still choose to believe you. I still choose to hold on to you. I still choose to stand on your word. And I know that if I won't quit... I'll see what it is that I'm desiring to see come to pass. Amen? So the healing of this woman takes place. Jesus is standing there. He's talking to her. Jairus is all upset. He's antsy. He's worried. And then the messenger comes towards Jairus and says, Your daughter is dead. Don't even trouble the master anymore. Dead. No breath in her body. Blue in the face. Why are you even bothering him anymore? The situation went from bad to worse. She was sick, but now she's dead. And the faith of this messenger had ended. Don't you know that the messenger sent Jairus forth and said, Go get Jesus, he can heal. But all of a sudden, because the girl died, the man put forth his effort and now says, I don't believe it anymore. She's dead. You see, the faith that the messenger had just ended. And now Jesus was looking at him and would now tell him what he is telling each and every single one of us. You see, the enemy will do all that he can to convince you that it's over. He'll do everything he can to tell you to throw in the towel. No need in believing anymore. No need in even asking anymore. No need in even trusting anymore. It's over. Those words are not the words of our Lord and Savior. Those words, if you're hearing them, are the words of the enemy. I know you may think that's a simple statement, but us Christians tend to forget these things. And we tend to find ourselves, even myself, just not this past week, but the week before, you have no earthly idea how close I was to coming to letting it all go. And you may say, I can't believe you would be that broad. I can't believe you would be that... And transparent, but I need to be transparent before you because just because I stand up here behind this pulpit does not mean that I think I got it all together and I'm strong. I need him just like you need him. I found myself wanting to throw in the towel. I found, not on the Lord, but just letting all of this go because things don't go the way because of the oppression of the enemy. And I found myself not even realizing, believing the lies of the enemy more so than the promises of God. Well, I can't believe you would say it. Well, believe it because it's true. And nine times out of ten, as gone as God lets me live, it ain't going to be the last time. But that's okay because then something began to rise up within me and say, get up. Get up. Quit sulking. Quit complaining. Quit griping. Dry your tears up and get up because your work is not done. I'm not done with you yet. The journey is too great. Get up and get going. Well, guess what? Guess what? I am here today because I got up 
And I'm going forth in the power of his might. You tell me, well, that that was wrong. Yeah, it was wrong. Faithlessness come in. Unbelief come in. But I am convinced that the more mature one is in the Lord is the more they are going to be tested and the more they are going to be tried. Because Satan is trying to do all that he can to stop the warriors of God, the mighty men and women of God from going forth right now in the name of Jesus Christ because he knows time is about done. He knows what the Lord has promised and he is working overtime and every demon spirit in hell to try to stop you and I from going forward in the Lord. But by the grace of God, we're going to go forward. By the grace of God, we're going to march. Amen? So why, Jairus had to say, why did you stop? Why did you have to stop, I'm sure? And then he quit believing and asking and expecting enters in, not from the Lord, but from the enemy. When you lose that expectation, when you lose that anticipation, when you lose the idea of even asking from the Lord, that's not from the Lord, that's from the enemy. And I can tell you that the call to give up and quit believing is growing louder and louder as we approach the coming of the Lord. But I want the devil to know that I've come too far to turn back now. I've come through too much to give up now. I've seen him move time and time again as they were singing. There is none like you, Lord. I've seen you pick me up when I was down. I've seen you touch my body in the middle of the night when there wasn't nobody else around. I've seen you answer prayer time and time and time again. You begin to believe and recall these things. Something happens on the inside. And it's the Holy Spirit who says, don't stop. Keep moving. Amen. And so now you've got to keep pressing on towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You see, this must have been a terrible blow to Jairus as he went from the assurance of the Lord that he was going to heal his daughter to now receiving the tragic news that his daughter is dead. You know, and I can imagine the color draining from Jairus' face. I could imagine as the, the color left and his head hanged down and tears swelled in his eyes and he thought, what just happened? I just got news from the Lord that he was going to do it. And now all of a sudden it's went from bad to worse. And I can imagine he is there in his shock. Tears are swelling in his eyes. The color of his face is gone. And then he probably thought if Jesus would not have stopped, my daughter would not be dead right now. If this crowd had not gotten in the way, if this opposition had not gotten in the way, my daughter would still be here right now. You see, some of you may have received the news and I'll possibly face some serious blows as of lately. And it seems like the odds are stacked against you and that there is no hope. You see no hope in what you need working out. But the God we serve likes to work when nothing else will. And I can tell you that many times he will let those situations come all the way down to nothing but impossibilities. Because when it becomes impossible to man, that's when God likes to move and work it out. Why? Because he receives all of the glory and not man. You see, it's in these moments that the enemy takes full advantage of, of filling our mind with all kinds of junk and causes fear to rise within your heart. But you, child of God, need to be reminded of 2 Timothy 1.7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And it's time that you and I as a church start walking around with a sound mind today, that God is still in control, that God is still upon the throne, and that what he said he's going to do, he's going to do. 
The fear that grips your heart is not from the Lord, but the fear that grips your heart is from the enemy. God has given you the, through, through His Son Jesus the spirit of power, the spirit of love, and the spirit of a sound mind. And this tells me that even in the midst of all of the chaos that is going on, you and I can walk around in peace and free from the turmoil that the enemy would love to inflate. And let me tell you, when you turn on the TV and you see all that's going on for just a glimpse and just for a moment, that fear begins to rise. But that's when I'm reminded he's not giving me the spirit of fear, but of love, of power, and of a sound mind. Amen? You see, Jesus heard also this same news. See, this news didn't just come into the ears of Jairus, but Jesus, who was standing there, also heard the news of this messenger. Also heard this messenger come to Jairus and tell him that his daughter was dead. And what does Jesus turn around and look at Jairus and says, Be not afraid, only believe. He didn't need Jairus to do anything else but to simply believe. All he needs you today, all he needs me today, all he needs any of us to do today is to simply believe for those impossible situations because he don't need you to get involved in the work whatsoever. But what you and I need to remember today that what gives the Lord the ability to work in your life and to work in my life is faith. Because it's when you and I start doubting, it's when you and I quit on the Lord, again, the Lord cannot deal with quitters. But what he needs from you today, what he needs from me today and all of us, is for us to simply believe in who he is and what he did at Calvary's cross. And that's where your faith has got to be, in what he did at the cross 2,000 years ago. Because what you need today is found in his finished work. It's not found in your abilities. It's not found in your talents. It's not found in anything else but in what he's already done. And by your faith resting in that finished work, it gives the Holy Spirit the latitude to work these things out that you need worked out. You say, Jairus has ceased to believe. That's why he looked at Jairus and said, quit fearing, only believe. We, Jairus was just like us, heard the bad news, and right then in that moment, he quit believing. But Jesus, being the Son of God and being full of mercy and wonderfulness and graciousness, turned right around and looked at him and said, quit fearing and start believing. And that's the way that we've got to do. We've got to believe. And as long as there is no opposition and as long as nothing comes our way, we believe just fine. But at the slightest move of opposition, at the slightest move of the enemy and the bad news that comes our way all of a sudden we want to stop believing but he was calling them to continue to believe even in the presence of death and he's calling you and I to continue to believe despite what is presently going on and I'm about ready to show you something he's saying like you have never seen before that's what he was saying in essence to Jairus. You've heard about me healing some that are sick. Oh, but what I'm getting ready to do, what I've allowed to happen, is to bring even a greater testimony. You see, Jairus, if he would have went and healed her before she died, would have had a wonderful testimony. Oh, my daughter was about dead, but Jesus Christ come and laid his hands on her, and now she's alive. But because she's dead, a greater testimony was getting ready to come forth because it was an impossible situation, because there might have been those who knew that she was sick and could have attributed her being better to something else. But let me tell you, when a person's dead, they are dead, and it is nothing short of a miracle of God and the power of God that can take the dead things and raise them back to life. And there, he receives even more glory. Amen? 
You see, to believe is one thing, but to continue to believe even in the face of extreme adverse circumstances is the key to receiving what it is that you need and want from the Lord. And the Lord is ever wanting and seeking to strengthen your faith. And to do this, he's going to allow circumstances to come your way to test your faith so that you will be proven. Amen. And Jairus had been trusting and believing the Lord for the healing that he needed. But now he was having to trust him for resurrection. See, he was believing the Lord already for big stuff. But now the Lord was taking his faith to another level and says, now I've got to believe him for a resurrection. It's hard enough to believe him for a healing when it seems like everything's going down. But now he wanted Jairus to believe him for something even more. Healing, no resurrection yes and the Lord started again on this journey of faith with him all the way to his house and though Jairus had received the news he was clinging to the word that Jesus has spoke to him rather than the word that the messenger spoke to him and that's where you and I've got to be today the messenger that's brought the bad news i.e. the enemy you've got to let that go and start believing what Jesus Christ is saying and I'm sure with every step it was hard for Jairus as he was on this journey back and I'm sure because he He's human just like you and I. Every step that he's taking, my daughter's dead, but yet the words only believe was ringing a little louder. And every step that he got to the house, the voice of the enemy was getting a little bit weaker. And every step that he was taking, only believe, only believe, only believe. And that's the way you and I have got to be on this walk here in this life. I've got to keep believing. I can't give up. I know what it looks like, but I've got to keep believing. Why? Because that's what Jesus said to do. Stop fearing and start believing. Isaiah 53 1 who has believed our report and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed now my question is to you whose report are you going to believe today are you going to continue to believe the word of the Lord or are you going to keep believing for your wayward children are you going to keep believing for this church are you going to continue to believe for your healing are you going to continue to believe for your miracle the enemy's report says it won't happen but the report of the Lord says it is done he could have easily stopped on his journey. Jairus could have said, I'm done. Forget it. It's over. I'm done. I'm throwing in the towel. But because he kept believing Jesus, even in the hard time, even in the impossible times, Jesus was able to continue to walk with him. See, Jesus will walk with you as long as you give him something to work with. But Jairus could have poured his hand out. Jairus could have said, Jesus, go on back to them other people. It's over for me. There's no hope for my situation. Mine's too big. And Jesus would have led. But see, there again, Jesus never leaves us. It's us who leaves him. So again, you need to keep doing what Jairus did and keep walking. And with every step, keep saying, I believe, I believe. And if the devil said it, then don't believe it. But if God said it, then quit doubting what the Lord has told you. He told Jairus he was going to do it. And he just needed Jairus to continue to believe. Because again, that was what was going to give him the latitude to work this miracle that it is that he needed. And he will always operate with us on the realm of faith. And faith alone. Never in your abilities, never in your talents, never in your ideas, but always on faith and faith alone. So there, Jesus gets to Jairus' house, and there stood all the paid mourners, all of the doubters. And in that time, it was the custom that people literally got paid. You talk about some kind of a job. I know some people that are real dramatic that they would make a fortune if that's what they got paid to do. <laughs> they came in, they were crying. 
They were wailing. They were making this big show and didn't even care that this girl had just died. And there Jesus looks at them and says, do you have any idea who's come up on the scene? Do you have any idea who I am? Do you know? Who's got the power to turn this situation around? And that's what you and I need to start doing to the enemy today. We need to start reminding the devil who is in control. We need to remind him that he was defeated 2,000 years ago. And that just because he said it's over does not mean that it is over. So some may think because this world is in the shape it's in right now that it's over. Some people look at what's taking place in the church today and they say the best days are over. And I get so sick and tired, and I love to hear the stories, but I get so sick and tired of Christians sitting around and talking about what took place in the 30s, what took place in the 40s, what took place in the 50s, these old big tent revivals, people praying all night long, and we say, I wish it could just be that way. What's stopping you and I from doing it today? Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's not changed. It's us, the church, who has changed. And until we get back to what the old-timers used to do, we won't start seeing what it is that they've seen. So you want to see the miracles. You want to see the healings. You want to see the prayer answers. It's time to start hitting our knees up on the floor, our posture changing, and begin to seek the face of Almighty God again. He's still able today, church, and he's waiting and bewailing us as his people to believe him. But the truth of it is, many in the church have said it's over. Things will never go back to being the way they were. But can I tell you today, I don't want things to go back to the way they were. I don't want things to go back to the way they were in the church because I'm tired of dead, cold religion. I'm tired of dead preachers preaching dead sermons to dead congregations. I'm looking for that time, and I believe it's getting ready to happen where the people of Almighty God are going to walk through the house of the Lord, and before 1030 can even come, we're going to be on our face before the Lord in His presence, worshiping Him, letting Him take complete control. You say, He didn't need these multitudes around him. And all they were doing was laughing at them. He, they were laughing at Jesus just as the devil will laugh at you because you continue to believe despite what looks like, despite what it looks like in the natural, despite the fact that it looks like it is impossible. And Jesus didn't need them around to do great things, but all he needed was just a few people. And what Jesus had to do before he could perform his miracle was get rid of all the unbelief. And could it just be today that the reason why we're seeing what's going on in the church world today is that he's trying to separate and move the unbelief out so that he could do what he wants to do? I am convinced. I am convinced. And if you think that things are going back, oh, no, 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 because there's been too many... He's got to get this out of the way. He had to put the unbelief out of the house. He's having to get rid of the unbelief because he's looking for a people that's going to believe him, that's going on with him, that's seeking after him, that wants him and nothing else. The messenger has said it was over, but Jesus had the last word. He said, it's not over. The doctor may have said it's over, but God says it's not over. The world may say it's over, but God says it's not over. The world may think they've got the upper hand, but they ain't got the upper hand. And you don't know, you may say, how far I've gone. You may say, you don't know what I've done, but God says it's not over. All I need you to do is to believe. And there we know that he reached forth and he told her to arise. 
and the astonishment that came forth from the people. And it says with great astonishment. They could hardly believe their eyes of what had just taken place. And this is exactly what the world and the church is going to say. Because in Joel chapter 2 verse 28. And it shall come to pass afterward. That I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. And your young men shall see visions. I believe this today, church. I don't care what the world is saying. I don't care what many in the church are saying. I still believe that he's going to pour out. Amen. I still believe that there's a harvest of souls. I still believe we're going to see healings. I still believe they're going to come in in a wheelchair and walk right back out. Oh, you're crazy. That's right. I'm crazy enough to believe it. You don't believe it. You may not want to come here. But I'm going to stand here and I'm going to believe the Lord for the impossible situations. I'm going to believe the drug addicts are going to walk in and leave out free. I believe that the demonic is going to walk in and be set free by the power of Almighty God. I still believe that the alcoholic is going to come in here and walk out sober. I still believe that our wayward children are coming home. I still believe, I still believe, I still believe. You see, you may think that the best days of the church are behind us and that the Lord won't do what we're believing Him for, but you better believe it because it's going to happen. I want her to put a picture up here and I'm soon to close a picture of this first plane. I was in here working the other day and of course studying on this message. And I was walking in here to make sure that the temperature was right. And she's getting ready to bring up the picture. And this peace lily right here was sitting here. This was it. And I walked over here and I come to look at the thermostat and of course it caught my eye and this is what I seen. And the Lord spoke to my heart and said this is exactly what the condition of the church is in right now. Not dead. Because he's always got a remnant, amen? There's still color there. You still see the green there. And it looks like it's dead, don't it? It looks like there's no hope for it. It looks like it. And the Lord was letting me know about the church. And many people's got situations in their life. They're believing for things. And this is exactly what it looks like to where, in fact, there is no hope. It's dry and it's done. But then, after I added a little bit of water, within 20 minutes, look what happened. It rose up. Can I tell you today, that's what he's going to do? Right now, the church is in that bad situation. But he's going to pour out his spirit. He's going to pour out the water. And in just a moment of time, my God. God, the church is going to rise up and that's what we're going to see again. Oh, you don't believe it? Oh, yes, I believe it. I claim it in the name of Jesus. The devil sees us like the picture before and says, I've won. I've got the upper hand. I've accomplished what I'm going to do. And oh, Jesus says, oh, no, you haven't, Satan. I'm going to pour out my spirit and that's what they're going to be again. It's going to take place. It's going to take place. And the excitement that is dwelling up within inside of me, as I know we're just on the brink of seeing the greatest move of His Spirit. And we've come too far to turn back now. You ain't come this far to see and went through all the what you went through to drop it now. God's about ready to show you what it is that you're believing Him for. He's saying today to you that I'm going to show you things that you've never seen before or even thought possible and or dared to believe me for. Don't let the delay of what God says he's going to do cause you to get in denial. His delay does not mean a denial. Amen? Amen. Jordan, Aaron, if you two will just come up. Habakkuk 2.3. Don't lose focus. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. 
Let me read that again. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. For the vision is yet at an appointed time. But at the end, it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it. Though it tarry, wait for it. Though that child ain't come home yet, you wait for it. Though you've not received that miracle, wait for it. Though you've not received that healing, wait for it. Though it hasn't happened yet, wait for it. Because it will surely come and it will not tarry. That's the word of the Lord today for you. Though it tarry, it will surely come. Our point of view is different than his point of view. To us, it appears it is tarrying. But see, to God, it's not tarrying. To God, it's not tarrying. But to him, there is an appointed time for it. And it will not be a moment beyond that appointed time that he has ordained for you and that he has ordained for me. Do you get that today, what I'm saying? You think what you've been believing the Lord for is tarrying? That it's being delayed? Mm -mm. What God's got for you, it was already said. It's for a specific moment, for an appointed time. So to the Lord, He's not behind. To the Lord, He's not late. He's right on time. And right on time, in the moment when you least expect it, my God, He's going to do He's going to do what he said he would do. I claim that today in the name of Jesus. I prophesy that today in the name of Jesus. That what you've been believing for is going to come to pass. And we've allowed the enemy to come in the church as a whole and beat us up and make us down. But today he's saying stop fearing and start believing. But it's going to happen. Stand to your feet all around here. What God showed you and told you. What God has showed me and told me is for a specific appointed time. And can I tell you today, it's going to come to pass. It's going to come to pass. And faith should be rising up within you right now. And you know what? When faith begins to rise and you begin to accept what it is that the Lord said He's going to do, then you know what comes forth next? Praise. I praise you, Lord, that you're going to save my children. I praise you, Lord, you're going to save my grandchildren. I praise you, Lord, you're going to heal my body. I praise you, Lord, for that miracle that's already been worked out, that before I even knew I needed it, Lord, you was already working it out. And in just any moment, it's on its way. It's on its way. So I want to ask you today, will you believe him? Ask him. You've not asked for a while. Maybe doubt has begun to take over. But the Lord is able. The Lord is able. So as they sing and play, I want you to respond to the drawing of the Holy Spirit. Pour out your heart. Ask him one more time. Let any computer, any soundboard, don't let anything stop coming and receive what it is he's got for you as they sing and play. Hallelujah. 
of you would gather around this altar. Come, ask him again for what it is. Ask him again. Come and to declare unto him right now that there's none like him. Don't hold back. This is your moment. This is your moment.
understand why things have happened. We don't always understand taking place. Ways of the Lord are right and the just, those that are saved, those that are justified, they walk in them. Amen. Keep believing. Keep asking. Keep seeking. Keep knocking. But don't dare quit believing. Amen. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your word today. Lord, we thank you for your presence, God. There is none that is like you, Lord. God, we are believing you, Lord, for the greatest move of your spirit, Lord, that we have ever seen. Lord, the greatest move of your spirit, Lord, that has ever touched this world, Lord. And Lord, what an exciting time to be alive, Lord. To know that, Lord, you would allow us to be a part of it, God. To know, Lord, that we are getting ready to see, Lord, the greatest harvest of souls, Lord. Lord, we're getting ready to see the greatest move of your spirit and of your power displayed, God, like never before, Lord. And God, I know that you've encouraged and strengthened your people today, God. And I pray, Lord, let us walk out of here full of faith, Father. Let us walk full of faith every day, Lord, declaring those things that are not that as they are already, Father. Lord, I pray let us be men, women of faith, Lord, that will believe you contrary to what it looks like, contrary to what the enemy is saying, God. Let we believe you, Lord, despite the opposition, despite it, Lord. We believe that it's going to take place, Father, for you have spoken it and you shall do it, Lord. Lord, I worship you today. We worship you today, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that everything that we're believing you for was made possible 2,000 years ago, Lord. Lord, we trust in your finished work, and we believe, Lord, for those things which we have asked. Father, we love you. We thank you for this day. We give you all the glory and all the praise. And Lord, we just ask that you continue to do what only you can do, Father. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen and amen. We thank you, thank you for being here today.
Keep trusting the Lord, church. Amen. Be back with us tonight at 6 p.m. if it's humanly possible as we will continue our study in the book of Galatians. We thank you for those that are watching online and we hope to see you soon. Be blessed, church.